It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. On today's show, your Houston Rockets 2022 NBA draft grades for the three selections that they made in this year's NBA draft. Plus, we'll take a deeper look at Ty Ty Washington, his player profile, how he can possibly fit on this Houston Rockets team. Also, we will lock in our official predictions for what jersey numbers each one of these new draftees will wear for your Houston Rockets. All coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays, host of the State of the Rockets podcast, as well as the founder of ClutchCityControlRoom.com. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. As always, we appreciate you for checking out the show, making it your first listen every single day. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, for today's episode, we're going to go through draft grades for the Houston Rockets this go around after the 2022 NBA draft. We'll also take a deeper look at Ty Ty Washington, uh, the one player that the Rockets drafted that I unfortunately didn't do a draft profile on ahead of the draft. And so I want to kind of circle back, take a look at him, his strengths, his weaknesses, how he can possibly fit into this Rockets team, get you guys a little bit better uh, acclimated to his skill set. 
And then lastly, uh, we'll lock in predictions for what jersey numbers these three guys will wear for your Houston Rockets, seeing as how all three of the jerseys that they wore at the collegiate level are unavailable here with the Houston Rockets. Tari Easton wearing number 13. That number is not technically retired, but also not available. Um, Jabari Smith Jr. wearing number 10. Sorry, EG has that one. And then Ty Ty Washington wearing number three, which currently belongs to Kevin Porter Jr. So we'll have a little fun with that later on in the show. Let's start with the guy at the very top, right? Top of the list, got to start with him. Jabari Smith Jr. And as we're doing these grades, you're going to find a, a recurring theme here with these grades. But I'm going to go ahead and give the Rockets an A+. Plus on taking Jabari Smith Jr. number three overall. And this, to me, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that whoever the Rockets were going to take at number three, whether it was Jabari, whether it was Paolo, hell, even if it was Chet Holmgren, if he had fallen to three at the Rockets and that was the direction that they ultimately wound up going, they would have gotten an A-plus from me regardless. Because the only way the Rockets couldn't have received an A-plus in my book with that third overall pick with three very clearly defined prospects at the top of the draft would have been to panic and to forego future assets to try and trade up to get a guy who maybe was a little bit ahead on their board or, you know, panicking at the last moment and, you know, cashing in a bunch of future assets to move up to number one, to take Paolo Bancaro, falling for potentially what was maybe a bait-and-switch type move from Orlando. All signs point, right, because again, you look at the the way things changed so drastically in the final 24 hours leading up to the draft when the Magic ultimately selected Paolo Bancaro number one overall. All signs pointed towards Jabari Smith Jr. being the guy for Orlando and Paolo Bancaro being the guy for the Houston Rockets. So leading into the draft, with all that noise, it, myself and so many others really thought that it was just last-minute posturing by the Orlando Magic to try and recoup some assets to maybe force the Rockets to want to trade up to be able to secure their guy, the guy that they had you know, top on their board. And based on the way the Rockets are acting about everything, they seem perfectly content and happy that Jabari Smith Jr. You know, fell to them at number three, so much so that people are speculating that there's you know, wild theories out there that Jabari Smith Jr. was always the guy at the top of the Rockets board and that they gassed up Paolo Bancaro as much as they did so that the Orlando Magic would actually heavily consider taking him at number one instead. And hey, maybe that's a possibility, right? But ultimately, this grade for the Rockets is an A-plus in my book because they didn't burn any future assets to try and trade up, right? They didn't trade, they didn't package three and, I don't know, KJ Martin to move up to one or three and 17 to move up to number one or three, 17 to 26, right? Like the list goes on and on for the different permutations that the Orlando Magic could have potentially finessed out of the Houston Rockets if they were desperate enough where they were completely locked in on their guy, their target, the guy that they believed was at the top of their board, and they didn't they didn't panic. And I think that's to to kind of go ten thousand foot view on this on this grade specifically. I think that's something that we've come become accustomed to with Rafael Stone. Is I don't think he's a guy that panics, right? Like he is very much going to make the move that he wants to make. And apart from kind of being backed into a corner with the Victor Oladipo situation two trade deadlines ago and ultimately dealing Oladipo to the heat for a very minimal package by way of a pick swap 
and Kelly Olynyk and Avery Bradley. Apart from that deal, it really does feel like Rafael Stone doesn't panic or, or take back deals that are lesser than, right? Like so far, it's felt like every trade that Rafael Stone has, has made, every decision, every move has been a move that he is co confident in and that he's comfortable with and has been made because he thinks that's the right decision and the right direction for the franchise. So this is just another line in that kind of series of moves, or I guess in this case, not a move, where instead of panicking, instead of taking, you know, draft capital that the Rockets have fought so hard to recoup after dealing so much of it in the Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul trade, instead of panicking and sending out additional draft capital to move up two spots to secure the guy that, you know, a lot of Rockets fans had fallen in love with in Paolo Bancaro, who was supposedly going to be there at pick number three. The Rockets stood pat, and they still got, and this is the important takeaway, right? They still got a number one overall talent, but it picked number three. That means in back-to-back -back years, last year with Jalen Green, the Rockets got a number one overall talent at pick number two. This year, they got a number one overall talent at pick number three. There's not a lot of teams that get to say that, right? There's not a lot of teams that walk away in back-to-back -back subsequent drafts saying that, oh, yeah, we walked away with two Tier 1 talents, right? The Magic don't get to say that. The Thunder don't get to say that. Last year, they got Josh Giddy, And last year, you know, hindsight being 2020, Josh Giddy had an incredible rookie season. But at the time of the draft and even, you know, hereafter, I don't think you walk away saying Josh Giddy is a number one overall talent. So the Rockets are in this amazing position where in back-to-back -back subsequent years, they've absolutely nailed it at the top of the draft. Rafael Stone didn't panic, didn't forego additional assets to try and move up, didn't fall in love with the guy that it looked like they were going to get, and instead walked away with a completely different prospect, but still an incredibly enticing guy in Jabari Smith Jr., the guy who I truly think we're going to look back on this draft years from now and be incredibly happy about the Rockets having Jabari Smith fall to them at number three instead of Paolo Bancaro. So an A-plus on the very first selection in this draft. Coming up, want to talk about the selections of Tari Eason and Ty Ty Washington. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news they got you for Major League Baseball, UFC, MMA, boxing, all the fighting, golf, you name it, they've got it over at BetOnline. It's your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, scores, everything. They've even got you for NBA futures already. Right now, you can go take a look at the odds on favorites to win NBA Rookie of the Year. Those odds are already up over at Bet Online. Right now, Paolo Bancaro is the favorite to win Rookie of the Year at plus 300. Jabari Smith Jr., right behind him, though, at plus 350. Then rounding out the top five, you got Chet Holmgren at plus 575, Jaden Ivey at plus 650. And then a distant fifth is Keegan Murray at plus 900. So for that and more, be sure to head to their website today to check out all the trends and action available to you. Bet online. It's where the game starts. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count. 
getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, let's continue handing out our grades for the Houston Rockets uh, draft hall here, uh, the 2022 draft hall, I should say. And let's start. Let's move into next uh, next area. Tari Eason, because we're just going to move in linear order here. So Tari Eason at pick number 17. And I, I should have mentioned this at, at the top with Jabari Smith, but the recurring theme here for the Houston Rockets, right, is at three, at 17, and then at 29, the Rockets got, at least in my opinion, the best player available at each one of those picks, which makes it really hard to give them anything less than stellar grades along the way. But I do think we have to, you know, at least take into consideration some of the other options that were there, right, how these guys fit. But with Tari Eason, it's, again, I said there's going to be a recurring theme here. It's an A-plus for Tar Eason, absolutely. He is a guy that I had absolutely at the top of my at the top of my draft board for what, what I wanted the Rockets to do with pick number 17. And when you consider what he brings to the table for this Rockets team, the defensive versatility, the size, the athleticism, he is really the total package. And we kind of got that first inclination that the Rockets were going, like, that they were incredibly high on Tari Eason from all the way back during the NBA draft combine. Shout out to the Athletics' Kelly Eco, who reported that the Rockets spoke with Tari Eason, and Tari said, yeah, we had a good conversation, a really good conversation, with that elongated, really good conversation. And that was kind of the moment where it sounded like, okay, the Rockets probably made a promise to Tari Eason, like, all right, if you're there at 17, like, you're our guy. Like, we're going to take you at 17. Even Rafael Stone talked about it after the draft in his post-draft media availability, kind of going over the fact that, like, hey, we were sweating bullets when we were getting closer to 17 and Tari was still there on the board. Like, he was our guy. That was the guy that we wanted. And for the Rockets to be able to walk away with the guy that was at the top of their board for pick 17 and didn't have to finesse for it again, didn't have to trade up just it worked out the way that it did and getting right down to it. When we were looking at the actual draft order, right? It showed up and AJ Griffin was there on the board as well as Tari Eason. Uh, when it became time for the Hawks to make their selection at pick number 17. And that was the moment where you're like, all right, the Rockets are walking away with one of Tari Eason or AJ Griffin at pick 17 because those were the two best players left on the board at that point. Guys who could have very easily gone a little bit further up, gone higher up in the lottery and yet somehow didn't because you had a couple names like Jalen uh, Williams who, who jumped up a little bit further into the lottery. A couple other names probably jumping up a little bit. Ochai Abaji probably jumping up just a skosh compared to some of the mocks that had him going a little bit later in the first round. And so the Rockets completely lucked out and had their choice of one of those two guys. And as soon as the Atlanta Hawks dropped in that A.J. Griffin selection, it was basically a lock that Tari Eason was going to become a Houston Rocket. There wasn't anybody else on the board at that moment for pick number 17 that made more sense for this Houston Rockets team to draft. And so for that, and, and again, same same 
line of thinking here at pick number three and at pick 17, the Rockets walked away with the best available player at those picks. And not only was it the were these two guys, in my opinion, the best available players, they also were the best possible fits for this Houston Rockets team. And I think that's something that's so unique about this year's draft is we talk so much about BPA versus fit and all this stuff. And even Rafael Stone has commented on this. It was just incredibly lucky that the guys who were all, who were the best players at the moment, at the time that the Rockets were selecting, also happened to be the best possible fits for this Houston Rockets team, which is just a great, just, I don't know, great way that the that it all shook out for this Houston Rockets team because now they have players that not only are incredibly talented and got the the best talent available but they have players that just slot like directly into what they're trying to accomplish with this young core and they fill positions of need for this Rockets team at the wing you know they give you size versatility at the three four spot some small ball five action that kind of thing so absolute slam dunk Two, two straight A-pluses so far. And that brings us to our final pick here, which is uh, Ty Ty Washington with pick number 29. Now, I'm just going to look at it. I'm just going to look at Ty Ty Washington in a vacuum. I'm not going to consider the, like, you know, move from 26 to 29, all of that. I, I will say that at pick number 29, there's only one name that went after Ty Ty Washington that I think you even have a slight remote argument could have maybe been the guy to take instead of Ty Ty Washington, and that would be Jaden Hardy, right? There, Jaden Hardy was a guy that a lot of Rockets fans maybe wanted to take a swing on, right? He had a bit of a down year, you know, lost some of his luster in the G League. Um, he was a guy that I I could maybe see them wanting to take, you know, take a shot at and take a flyer on, right? Because if he pans out, then my goodness, you're talking about like, you know, getting a lottery prospect at the end of the first round. You can make the same argument for Ty Ty Washington as well, a guy whose uh, unfortunate injury luck kind of didn't quite tank his stock, but definitely kind of dropped him a little bit on most people's draft boards, had some, you know, not so great workouts that I think impacted his draft stock a little bit. So that's something to be, you know, considered to consider when you look at where the Rockets were able to scoop up Ty Ty Washington. But as far as, again, all the other names that were on the board that the, at the time that the Rockets were selecting at pick number 29, the only one that I consider even remotely close to Ty Ty Washington in the form of, you know, uh, an interesting prospect would have been Jaden Hardy. So I do think, again, the Rockets walked away with the best player available at pick 29. So I'm going to give him an A-plus for Ty Ty Washington as well, right? This was a guy that throughout a lot of the pre-draft process was mocked at times, you know, in the late teens, early 20s. And so for him to fall all the way down to 29 and for the Rockets to be able to scoop him up, right? At first, when... The pick was on the board at 26, and the Rockets, you know, selected Wendell Moore, and then it was announced, okay, they're actually trading Wendell Moore, like all of this, and we found out about the trade package involving, you know, the expansion of the deal with the Dallas Mavericks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, all of that to recoup the second, the two future additional second round draft picks, like, there was some maybe a little bit of frustration. Wendell Moore would have been a solid pick for this Rockets team. You add another wing presence, like, I would have liked that pick, but I love the Ty Ty Washington pick, and here's why. They're kind of hedging their bets a little bit, um, which I will say, sorry, because I don't, I'm like blanking. I said A plus, right? A plus for Ty Ty Washington, just to clarify. I love the Ty Ty Washington bit pick because they're hedging their bets just a little bit with Kevin Porter Jr. There is no guarantee that Kevin Porter Jr. is the point guard of the future for this Rockets team. And there might be some Rockets fans who are mad at me for saying that. But right now, if you look at the, 
likelihood of players who are locked into their positions for the long term or who are at least have more so question marks around their role, their slot, their position moving forward. I think Jalen Green is a lock, right? Like he's the one guy on the team who's untouchable. He's locked in for the long haul. I feel like you're realistically going to be able to have the same expectation or level of confidence in Jabari Smith as well. Alper and Shingun, there are some question marks about him defensively, right? Like, how's he going to look as a full-time five at the NBA level? Are other teams going to make him barbecue chicken on the defensive end to where the Rockets have to consider, you know, what their future options are with him? And and maybe he isn't, you know, capable of being a full-time five. I still have the hopes that he can make it work. And then there's Kevin Porter Jr., right? He's not a traditional point guard by any stretch of the imagination. And even though he's grown his game quite a bit, he's an incredible catch-and-shoot three-point shooter now. He's worked on his defensive identity, all of this, right? There's still not a guarantee that he's the guy that's going to be Jalen Green's backcourt running mate for years to come. So, at pick number 29, to pick up a, I'm not going to call him a safety net, but an interesting point guard prospect like Ty Ty Washington, a guy who could conceivably further down the line after two, three years of, of, you know, working at the NBA level and getting, you know, getting his skills up to speed, all that. This could be a, a starting caliber NBA point guard because he embodies a bit more of that traditional point guard mentality. And we're going to talk about that here in just a moment in our third segment. So I'm going to absolutely give the Rockets an A-plus on all three of their selections, a total slam dunk draft for the Houston Rockets this time around. They completely killed it this year. Shout out to Rafael Stone and the front office for doing their due diligence, doing their homework, and coming away with what is, at least in my opinion, the second best draft haul of the night. I'd love to say that the Rockets got the best draft of the evening, but I think the Detroit Pistons absolutely killed it by taking Jaden Ivey at five and then getting Jalen Duran for just a future first-round pick at number 13. That is an absurd draft, right? Getting the second-best center prospect in the draft in Jalen Duran at 13 and then Jaden Ivey. Those are two starting-caliber players. You throw them in the mix next to Cade Cunningham. Pistons absolutely crushed it in this draft. So as much as I'd love to say the Rockets have the best draft of the night, we'll have to settle for number two behind Detroit just because Detroit absolutely crushed it. With that, let's talk a little bit about Ty Ty Washington here coming up in just a moment. His player profile, not his draft profile, we'll just call it a player profile at this point because the draft is done and over and he is a Houston Rocket now. So we'll talk a little bit about his strengths, his weaknesses, what makes him such an enticing prospect for this Houston Rockets team and how he could fit into this Houston Rockets team. But first, a quick message from our friends over at rockauto.com because look, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you could possibly need for your car or truck. And you can also, look, you can save time and money when you use rockauto.com. Why would you choose to spend, right? Willingly choose to spend up to 30, 50, even 100% more for the exact same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Best of all, rockauto.com is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every single customer. They don't price gouge you just for being a DIY person. They've got everything you could possibly need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even brand new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. This is a really important part. Be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Be sure to visit rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And final segment here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, let's talk a little bit about Ty Ty Washington, who is already, without playing a single minute, has become a fan favorite for the Houston Rockets like instantaneously, right? He was leaving Toyota Center after his uh, introductory press conference, which was really cool. Just getting, you know, getting a feel for the players, kind of uh, seeing their personalities a little bit. The Rockets broadcasted that live on their YouTube channel. It's up there if you want to go check it out. Um, I haven't referenced it a ton in today's episode just because it wasn't, you know, it was kind of one of those just get to know the guys a little bit kind of thing. And um, Ty Ty Washington had some great answers throughout that presser. And then immediately after the presser, as he was, you know, being driven out to his hotel, wherever he was staying at with his family, he was on IG Live throwing the H with his Rockets hat and was saying, I'm in my city now. We lit. Let's go H-Town. Like, he is so bought in already. And then a little bit later on IG Live, I have to paraphrase this part, but when somebody asked him, who are you most looking forward to playing against in the NBA? He said the equivalent of all the guys who were picked ahead of me. Um, I am paraphrasing and I'm making it PG 13 for this podcast. So with that, you should absolutely go check out that, that video. It's somewhere down on my Twitter feed. Ty Ty Washington, absolute fan favorite so far. He's got that dog mentality. He's going to be amazing. So let's talk a little bit about what makes him such a great prospect for this Houston Rockets team, right? This is a guy who is very much a, I think he's like a traditional feeling kind of point guard, right? Great feel for the game, great playmaker, you know, incredible passing, incredible court vision. Um, and he's got a decent perimeter shot, needs to extend the range all the way out to the three-point line, but overall a great, like, just point guard prospect with great physicals at the end of the day, right? So he's six, he's about six, two and a quarter, uh, without shoes, probably six, three or so in shoes. He's got a six foot eight or six foot nine wingspan. And that's a really solid, like size length for a guard weighs almost 200 pounds already coming out at just under 20 years old. So he's got a great, like NBA ready body at the guard position as it stands right now. So let's take a look at his actual offensive repertoire. Let's pull up his shot chart right here. So the thing that stands out when you look at his offensive game is he's a great two-point shooter, like absolutely lethal from mid-range, hit 52.5% of his floaters, and then 43% of his dribble pull-up twos. So he's got like the moves and the handle to get to his spots and elevate and get to the rim and well, not all the way to the rim. I, I need to pump the brakes on that one a little bit. Um, but he like, he uses a lot of like head fakes, stutters, dribble moves, hesitations, like all of that to get to wherever he wants to go. Right. He is great when he's like slamming on the brakes to pull up directly into a jumper or to stop and hit his floater or to stop and make a pass on the dime, like, like all this stuff. Right. So, he knows how to kind of mold, you know, kind of manipulate the defense, I should say, to get whatever he wants, right? To create for his teammates, to create for himself, all that kind of stuff. The one, the 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 biggest knock kind of right now on his game is he's just not a great outside, like complete outside three-point shooter yet, right? Like you see the numbers, and if you're looking visually on our YouTube channel, you can see the numbers, but I'll walk through these really quickly. So 
From long range overall, he shot just 35%, so 36 out of 103 attempts, which is not bad. Like, that's not a bad three-point shot. That's just not phenomenal for somebody at the point guard position who doesn't have a lot of positional versatility. You're not going to be playing him as a wing. Like, he, you know, if you're a guard on the floor, I feel like you need to be shooting somewhere around 37 38 39% to be really lethal, especially because he doesn't have the ability, the explosiveness, I should say, to be like an elite interior finisher, even though he's great from the mid-range and he can get to that floater game and he's got the mid-range pull-up in his arsenal. He's not an elite finisher at the rim by any stretch of the imagination, so he needs to become an elite perimeter prospect to really take his game to the next level. But uh, from three, again, 35%, you can see the different shot chart zones there. So from the top of the key, he shot just 31%. From the right wing, he shot 30.8%. From the left wing, he shot 34.8%. Then we go to the left corner, he shot 33.3%. And then the right corner, he shot 52.9%. So uh, scorching hot from the right corner. I don't have the attempts in front of me, unfortunately. Um, so it might just be like, you know, something. I don't know what 52.9% is off the top of my head. I'm not going to try and do... Live math on the podcast. That's a terrible idea. But then we look at the interior, right? The the mid-range where inside the paint, 47%, 66.7% at the rim. Now, again, even though the, the number at the rim does look pretty solid, his ability to get there consistently is what is a bit concerning, right? That's not a, a huge part of his game, at least at this point of his career. Then we go to the left block area, 68.4%. Then we go out to the uh, left free throw line extended, 40% shooting. Right free throw line extended, 42.9%. And then we go to the right block area, 52.6%. So again, from mid-range, 49.6%. Overall, from mid-range, uh, 116 makes out of 234 attempts for Ty Ty Washington. So this is a guy, again, I think that he's going to have, like, he's got shades of Chris Paul-isms to his game. Like, that's what I would say. Now, I'm not going to say, like, again, I'm not saying he's the next Chris Paul. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. When you watch him play, he looks reminiscent to how Chris Paul gets to his spots on the floor, right? Chris Paul doesn't have that insane burst of athleticism where he's just flying by people or elevating above people, right? Chris Paul has to get into his bag to get his opportunities. And that's exactly what Ty Ty Washington does as well. Mention the lack of like explosiveness, right? So that is a bit of a concern, you know, at the rim, finishing at the rim, the ability to draw fouls, that kind of thing, which, you know, maybe does limit his, you know, potential as a scorer at the NBA level. And I talked about the three-point shooting, and that's going to be kind of the biggest one. He, you know, he made a decent, a decent number of like catch and shoot threes, but overall, like not an incredible catch-and-shoot three-pointer at this point in his career. Didn't do it a ton at Kentucky, though. Like, didn't have a ton of opportunities to play off the catch because he was, you know, largely in charge of handling the basketball and, and distributing and creating the offense for his team. So it's understandable, but that's a part of his game that I think you look at the rest of his game, how good of a shooter he is just in general across the rest of the floor. I think the numbers are going to translate. I think he has the potential to become a really strong catch-and-shoot three-point guy. And the best part is when you look at his physicals, the size that he has, the length, the wingspan, all of that, he projects to be a pretty solid defender. Like, he made progress just as far as his fundamentals are concerned all throughout the year. And I really think that when you look at a guy that has the physical tools that he does, especially at the guard position, he's going to be able to make a, you know, a really solid impact further down the line as long as he has that commitment to the defensive side of the basketball. So 
I think for the Rockets, this is a huge slam dunk at 29. I think his potential fit with this Rockets team, right? They're kind of stacked up at the guard position, especially if they are as high on Dacian Knicks as they, as they, you know, seem to be, as they are reported to be. So, you know, I don't think Ty Ty Washington is going to roll into, um, you know, the season and have like a guaranteed roster spot. Well, I'm not sorry. not going to say not guaranteed roster spot, guaranteed rotation spot. I should say, let me, you know, correct myself here. Um, but there's very, right. There's every chance that in training camp, right. If he outplays and outperforms Dacian Nix in training camp, then there's no reason why he couldn't potentially be the guy that's absorbing, you know, those 10 to 12 minutes at the backup point guard spot behind Kevin Porter Jr. Instead of Dacian Nix. But the way that I think it's probably going to play out is I think Ty Ty Washington is going to be a guy much like Josh Christopher who could benefit from being at the G League level for a little while to kind of get up to speed a little bit more, right? Kind of refine his game, work on some of the areas uh, offensively like the catching and shooting that needs to be a little bit better um, to kind of mesh well with what the Rockets are trying to achieve. And so uh, ultimately... This is a great pick for the Rockets, right? Maybe things do or do not work out with Kevin Porter Jr. You've got a really incredible, enticing point guard prospect now waiting in the wings for his chance to shine. A guy with that absolute dog mentality who wants to go out there and prove everybody wrong for passing up on him in the draft. And again, to get a guy like that with a gigantic chip on his shoulder, just like Jabari Smith Jr. has, like... This Rockets team is going to be something to watch every time he hits the floor. Plus, again, he's already like a fan favorite. Um, I can't wait to see how he continues to interact with fans, what he looks like when he's actually playing games, all that stuff. Total win for the Houston Rockets at pick number 29. And again, I just wanted to break him down a little bit here, kind of an introduction into what I think the Rockets are getting with this kid because we didn't get a chance to uh, run a draft profile on him leading into the draft. He was a guy that, again, I didn't, necessarily think the Rockets were going to go with a guard at pick 17, and by the time we found out that they had pick 26, I'd already kind of lined up all my other draft profiles, so, oh well, (laughs) here we are now. So with that, um, final thing here that we'll toss in is predictions, jersey predictions, right? We have no idea what jersey numbers these kids are going to wear, and all three of their jersey numbers are currently taken, so Ty Ty Washington normally wears number three, Jabari Smith Jr. usually wears number 10, Tari Eason has worn number 13, and all of those are currently spoken for on the Houston Rockets, right? 13 is not technically retired, but let's be, let's face it, they're not going to, the Rockets aren't going to let Tari Eason wear number 13. It's not going to happen. They've already said that they're going to retire James Harden's jersey further down the line. So that's not happening. Eric Gordon, unless Eric Gordon is dealt before the season starts or before they roll out photo ops and everything, Eric Gordon's rocking that number 10. So there's that. And then, again, Kevin Porter Jr. is wearing number three. So here are my predictions. I want to hear your predictions. Let me know in the YouTube comments what jerseys you think these three guys are going to rock for the Houston Rockets. But here are my predictions. I'll start with Jabari Smith Jr. Actually, I'll do him last. I'll start with Ty Ty Washington. I'm going to keep it simple with Ty Ty. I think he's going to go number 33. I think he's just going to double up on the three. He wore three in high school. He wore three in college. I think he's just going to double up and go jersey number 33 on the Houston Rockets. It's not necessarily like a guard number. I feel like the bigger you get on the numbers, you start associating, especially like for some reason, a lot of the 30s, you start to associate him with bigs. But I do think Ty Ty Washington is going to go jersey number 33. That's my call for him. Let's go Tari Eason next. I think Tari's going to flip his jersey number, and instead of going 13, I'm going to call 31 for Tari Eason. So that's my prediction for him. Others have predicted him dropping it one digit and going number 12. I think flipping it to 31 makes more sense and sounds cooler. So I'm going to go with 31. Maybe he does 12. Maybe that's your thought. I'm going to call 31 for Tari Eason. 
And then last but not least, Jabari Smith Jr. A lot of people are saying number five for some reason. And then that would give the Rockets a really cool combo. Three, four, five, KPJ, Jalen Green, because Jalen's switching to number four this season. And then Tari, or not Tari, I apologize, Jabari Smith Jr. at number five. That'd be kind of cool. Um, I think he's going to go a different route. And I could be off base here, but John Wall, since he didn't play this last season, doesn't have a jersey selected. And because we're expecting John Wall buyout talks to probably heat up here soon ahead of free agency, which will be our very next episode, by the way. So don't want to miss out on that. We're going to lay out all the possible uh, buyout scenarios for John Wall how it impacts free agency for the Houston Rockets. And we'll also take a look at the Nets' current impending meltdown with Kyrie Irving. So that's going to be our very next episode. Don't want to miss out on that. I think Jabari Smith Jr. is going to go number one. I think he's going to go with jersey number one. And I think it's also going to play into the fact that he has that gigantic chip on his shoulder that he should have been selected number one overall. So instead of jersey number 10, he's going to drop the zero. He's going to go with the jersey number one. That's my call for those three. Let me know in the YouTube comments. I'm curious to see what th- what you think they're going to do for their jersey numbers. But as always, appreciate you for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app. Free and available on all platforms. Also, check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.